Hey, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Elizabeth, and I'm a women's health coach. Each week, we delve into all things health and wellness, whether that be nutrition, hormones, periods, stress management, personal growth, and everything in between. It's my mission to guide you into being the CEO of your own body and life by understanding how to support your health and your hormones so that you can leave feeling lit up, tuned in, and turned on by your life. I am so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Healthier You and oh my goodness, I cannot even tell you how excited I was to sit down and have this conversation with the guest that we have today who is Claire Fulton. She is a hypnobirthing expert, practitioner, but she is also the host of a number one ranking podcast, of course, in hypnobirthing, which I have been personally absolutely obsessed with. Now, obviously I have to preface that I am not pregnant, not planning on being pregnant, anytime soon, haven't had children, but one of my friends recently became pregnant, came across her work and immediately told me about it. And honestly, I've just been obsessed ever since. Obviously I'm working quite a lot at the moment in the hormone and fertility space, and of course, um, post-pregnancy as well. And so this is something that I'm coming across every single day with clients. And so I kind of started listening as just something, a little bit of extra knowledge really, but fully became immersed. And one of the things that I just found so, so amazing is the synchronicities of a lot of the stuff that we talk about, right? So she talks a lot about the mind-body connection, the importance and the power of your thoughts and belief systems when it comes to birth. And this is really so centered around what I preach with my clients around, you know, making sure that your head is in the right space, empowering yourself with the knowledge of your own body, understanding yourself, being the CEO of your own body. And so it was so incredible to hear Claire talk about, you know, um, hypnobirthing and, and the birth process, the pregnancy process. From that viewpoint, it was just so, so amazing. And so I definitely recommend this episode to you, even if you are not pregnant yet, not thinking about becoming pregnant anytime soon, or maybe you've already had children, you, you're just interested to know a little bit more. This episode is so much much more than just an introduction to hypnobirthing. So I really, really hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed sat down and sitting down and picking um, Claire's brains on it. Um, and so really, really excited for this one. Let us know, obviously, as always, how you got on with this. Give it a screenshot. Tag us both on Instagram. I've left all of her details in the show notes so that you can contact her if you would like to know more. And of course, so that you can give her a little follow as well. And without further ado, here is the episode. Hi Claire, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on. No, you're so, so welcome. I am literally, I was just saying to Claire before we hit record about how obsessed <laughs> I am with her. Um, and I'm going to ask her a little bit more about her story and background so that you can all hear. Obviously, I have stalked her podcast, so I already know. <laughs> Um, You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was out for a walk with my best friend who has recently become pregnant and she was literally raving about how incredible your podcast was. So I needed to go and have a bit of a listen. And as soon as I did, I was like, I need Claire to come and chat on Healthier You because she's absolutely amazing. Um, so Claire, why don't you share with everybody <laughs> a little bit more about you and your story and what do you do? Perfect. Thank you so much. And that is so kind of you to say all of those things. Thank you. Um, okay, so my name's Claire um, and I am a hypnobirthing teacher and I'm also a fellow podcaster. Um, so 
kind of going back a bit before I kind of got into hypnobirthing, um, I worked in like marketing and things like that, uh, which I really loved. But when I had my own children, I sensed that I needed kind of a bit of a change in direction. I think sometimes um, having children can kind of change your mindset a bit on what's important and what's not. So I wanted a bit of a change in direction. And when I was pregnant with my eldest, who is six, I was kind of looking at ways to make birth seem maybe a little bit um, more pleasant than we see on television and hear about and things like that. And I discovered hypnobirthing. So went along with my husband for a hypnobirthing course and just loved everything that I was learning and loved, you know, all of the theories and the science behind it. Um, and I went on to have a positive birth experience with her. It wasn't perfect. And I think that's something that I will probably talk about um, as we talk a bit more about hypnobirthing, but hypnobirthing doesn't promise a perfect birth, um, but it can help you in your mindset. Um, and so although on paper, my birth may not have to some people looked, you know, twinkly perfect birth to me it was a really really positive experience and that was all down to hypnobirthing and how it had changed my mindset towards birth so I did that and then only around 21 months later I had um, my second daughter who is four um, and did hypnobirthing again with her and I had a really um, really really lovely home birth with her um, I actually gave birth to her on the sofa, which she finds really funny to, now <laughs> to say that she was born on the sofa. Um, but it was really lovely. And after that, I kept talking to everybody about it, like, about hypnobirthing. Anybody that got pregnant near me, I was like, you need to do hypnobirthing. You know, I was probably being really annoying about it, just talking all the time. And then I thought how, you know, this is clearly a passion of mine, talking about birth and hypnobirthing. Like, how can I use that as something that um you know I could do and decided to yeah do my training as a teacher and basically that that's it uh, became a teacher and started a podcast just because there wasn't anything like it at the time there wasn't um a po podcast out there and I wanted to be able to make hypnobirthing as accessible um as possible and the, the podcast is really a very safe positive space for people to come and learn a little bit more about hypnobirthing listen to some positive birth stories, listen to some, some experts um, in the field, talk about, you know, various subjects. Um, so I've been doing that ever since and, and teaching as well. So that's kind of where my journey started and sort of where it is at the moment, um, I guess, a few years on. Yeah, amazing. And I just love how <laughs> your mess always becomes your message, doesn't it? In a way, it's like yeah. your story is always a reflection of whatever journey it is that you've been on and, yeah. and so being your biggest passion, which is very similar to my own story with kind of food and nutrition. Um, so mm -hmm. I always find that really, really interesting. And you're so right about the, the birth space is not really massively positive in the kind of mainstream <laughs> the mainstream yeah. news the mainstream kind of tv programs I don't know what the most recent one is but isn't it something like this is gonna hurt or something like that <laughs> yeah so that was it that was a book and they've turned it into right. a tv program but yeah we were kind of a lot of us like birth um or I don't know whether it's called as birth activists or, you know, hypnobirthing <laughs> teachers, you know, anyone within the yeah. birth world was sort of advising people to maybe not watch that. I think it wasn't totally. the most positive thing in the world to, to consume. So yeah, but yeah, there's loads of it around. 
totally totally and I think as someone who hasn't given birth yet or hasn't been pregnant yet the space feels really daunting and it almost feels a little bit intimidating and scary which I can imagine doesn't actually help the situation I'm also one of six um five of us are girls and most of my sisters have had children with varying experiences and so I've had a lot of exposure to first of all I feel like there's a lot of taboos around childbirth that aren't talked about that need to be talked about more but then then there are other aspects of childbirth that are spoken about all the time and it's like we've got our priorities on road (laughs) we need to be talking about yeah definitely (laughs) um yeah so just before we kind of go into that in a little bit more detail why don't you tell us a little bit more about what actually is hypno birthing and where did it come from like where did where did this idea originate from and how did it all kind of start and begin? Okay, so firstly, just to kind of caveat with the fact that hypnobirthing, I think, is a not great name for what it is. <laughs> right. um, and many other teachers agree. Like, it, it, I think the word hypno in it puts a lot of people off because on first like glance, you know, it's understandable that you'd think it was something that was really like out there and woo-woo. And, you know, when I first did it as a, as a, pregnant person um I had people saying oh were you dancing around you know banging wind chimes you know that's kind of people's <laughs> you know view of it and it's just so far from what it is um so hypnobirthing is it's firstly it's an antenatal education so like you might you know when you're pregnant you might go and do an antenatal class to learn about childbirth and things like that hypnobirthing is exactly that as well so you don't actually need to do anything other than hypnobirthing you know I, I do have some people that do a normal regular antenatal class and then they do hypnobirthing as well uh, but from my perspective you don't need to do both you can get all of the information that you need from a hypnobirthing class so it is an antenatal education so where hypnobirthing differs is that it focuses a lot on kind of the body and what the body is doing during labor and the muscles and the hormones and you would think that those kind of things you would learn in every single antenatal class but quite surprisingly many classes don't actually teach you what your body's doing during labor so how simple is that like I always feel like that's birth 101 like what is my body doing I want to understand what the muscles are doing what the hormones are doing because unless you understand what's happening how scary is that like to go through labor to feel those sensations that are happening during your labor but not fully understand what's happening, why they're happening. So that's something that we, we talk about a lot and we, we explain and we demonstrate, we show videos to show exactly what the muscles are doing, what the hormones are doing so that you can visualize and you can understand how you can best help those do that, mm. help those muscles do that process. Um, so we talk about that. We also talk about, um, you know, the, I mean, birth is a physiological thing, not a medical thing. So physiological just means basically your body does it on its own. So much like we, you know, we blink, our heart beats every day. Um, you know, we go to the toilet. They're all physiological events that our body does. And giving birth is one of those. It's not anything that you need to do anything for. Technically, your body will just do it if it's allowed to. So we talk a lot about that and how that works. We focus a lot on mindset. So hypnobirthing focuses on the mind and how the mind works. Um, because as with pretty much kind of everything in life, the mind controls pretty much everything, right? Um, and it certainly controls what our body does. So we talk about that and we use examples, um, you know, of how our mind controls our body. You know, really common examples 
one that I often use is um, if <laughs> this is not a particularly nice example, but um, if somebody near you has like head lice, it instantly makes you scratch your head, doesn't it? Um, even though you don't have <laughs> head lice, it's just that reaction. And that's coming from your mind. That's your mind telling your body, oh, I'm itchy. It's like a, the mind-body connection. So it's a good example, but we use a few different ones to show people how deeply the mind and the body are connected. Um, and that helps with then how you view labor and how you go into labor. If you can work on your mindset um, and you know help that become a much more positive space that helps your body do what it needs to do it's very I mean you know it's, it's obviously a lot more um, in depth than that and mm -hmm. we talk about you know the fight or flight mode that our body has and how that reacts when we feel when we feel fearful so you know a lot of hypnobirthing is talking about these fears that we might have trying to get rid of those fears trying to work on mindset in order to make it a more positive space. We also talk about techniques like relaxation, breathing techniques to help you to stay calm mm -hmm. um, and to help you through your labor. Um, and then on top of that, we also talk about the maternity system. So this doesn't necessarily matter where you are in the world. Every single maternity system will be different. In the UK, it's actually, you know, the, the systems work slightly differently depending where you are in the UK. Um, but we talk about kind of in general how the maternity system works and how you can navigate your way through that system because it's not a one-size-fits-all we're all different we all have different needs um you know we all have different wants when it comes to our birth so how can you best equip yourself with the knowledge and the tools to navigate your way through the system so that you end up with a birth that you are happy with. And um, so a lot of it is very empowering, you know, empowering you to, to take control of your birth, to ask questions, um, you know, understanding what the body's doing so that you can go on to have what is a positive birth for you. And I kind of referenced this at the start when I said about my own birth, it doesn't, a positive birth does not have to be at home in water with twinkly lights like that that is just one version of how it can be it can be in hospitals it can be induction led birth it can be cesarean it can be those other ways and still be positive it's how you approach it and how you view it that is mm. what makes it it positive um, and makes you feel happy with kind of what happened at the end so yeah. that's it in a very small nutshell yeah um, just to, to talk about where it kind of came from um it funnily enough like hypnobirthing is one of those things that it just used it didn't used to be a thing like it just used to be how we gave birth and um, it's only been more recently that it's become a thing because birth becomes so medical it didn't used to be so medical so you know it just used to be women you know women gave birth um, most often actually at home um you know with other women around them and it was just a very kind of normal part of life that we experienced um, but it kind of has, has turned more recently. But the first kind of, um, the first person to sort of talk about this idea of hypnobirthing was actually a, an obstetrician and he was called Dr. Grant Lee Dick Reed. And if anyone's interested, you can Google him and there's um, some books and things like that that he's written on it. Um, but he basically witnessed a birth way back in, I think it was 1912. Wow. Um, and he just kind of made him change his per perception on birth because up until that point, all he'd viewed were like horrible, traumatic births. And he, he attended this one that was lovely and calm and, you know, the woman giving birth said you know well it wasn't supposed to be painful you know I, I managed it fine and that kind of got him thinking about actually it's it's mindset that affects yeah. birth not the, not the body because we are you know we've been designed you know we have we've evolved and the fact that you know if 
childbirth was supposed to be this incredibly painful, you know, horrible, traumatic event, how badly have we evolved that it is like that? So therefore, you know, he kind of just realized it wasn't a body thing. It was a mind thing. And that's, I suppose that's where it first, this kind of idea of mindset related to birth kind of first, first came from really. Yeah, that is so, so interesting. And I remember hearing about this on your podcast and was just absolutely mind blown. And I feel like there's so many synchronicities between what you do and what I do, because I work with a lot of clients who struggle with bloating, for example, and hormonal issues. And actually, a lot of the time, these things are coming from that mind body connection, especially when it comes to things like bloating. And, you know, if you are in fight or flight, when you're eating food, for example, you're not absorbing as many nutrients from that food, because you're not secreting the correct um you know the correct enzymes and all sorts of different things that you need in order to break down and absorb nutrients from the food so it's so interesting how the body is just so much more productive when it's in a state of rest and digest and gets to do what it what it needs to do in a better way when you are in in the right headspace and so it, it does beg the question doesn't it how much of the conditions that we experience in this you know in this day and age how much of it is down to mindset and how much of it can we change and how much can we um, really work on so that we can experience life more positively, whether that be chronic illness, whether it be pregnancy and giving birth or whatever it might be. So I just find it so, so interesting. And tell me a little bit more, because one thing that literally blew my mind when I listened to your podcast was the fact that women didn't always give birth on their backs. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I'm sure it's going to blow everybody's mind. (laughs) So, yeah. So like, I think like way back when, we we did and then it there was a there was a king and I feel like it was like Louis the fourth or Louis the fifth there was some yeah. king some at some point whose mistress was giving birth and he wanted to witness the birth and obviously being a king he couldn't possibly um, you know scuttle around the floor so she was made to lay on the bed so that he got a a good view basically and obviously like as as happened back then if the king did it, if it happened in the royal household, then everybody else kind of started to do it. So that's kind of where it came from, really, was that, you know, someone in held in esteem did it. We all then started to do it. And it's kind of become the norm to give birth on your back. And nowadays, because birth has become very medicalized, there is a, a slight argument for is it because it's easier for midwives and for doctors if you're on your back because they have um, a better view mm. and access, um, which, by the way, should always be consented to. But, um, you know, that is the kind of argument. Naturally, like if you go with your instincts and go with your body, actually most people won't find being on their back comfortable laying on your back in pregnancy particularly like late pregnancy and labor is actually not comfortable for the majority of women so if you listened solely to your instincts the majority of women would instinctively be more upright Um, if you think about how we go to the toilet um we it's, it's similar it's actually a very similar thing because we are you know things are going in the same direction And we use gravity, don't we? You know, we don't lay down on our back to go to the toilet because that would probably not be very easy and not the best position to be in. So we we need gravity to assist us to a certain degree. And you do as well when you're when you're giving birth. Mm. So actually, for most people, being more upright is much more instinctive and natural and comfortable. Yet the norm 
um, which maybe is slightly changing now. Um, but certainly for a long time, the norm was to be on your back. And that just comes down to the fact that if you've never given birth before, you don't actually know. So all, all you go off is what you see on television and what people tell you. And every single birth on TV, I, I would guess maybe 95% of births <laughs> yeah. on TV um, is somebody on a bed. So of course, if you've never done it, if you've never been around birth, you've never witnessed birth, which for most of us, before we've had a baby, we haven't, we've never been around birth. Um, so we just go with what we see, which is completely normal and understandable is that that's what you go from. So many people turn up to the hospital to have their baby and they get into the bed like a patient, you know, like there's something yeah. wrong with you, but there isn't like childbirth. There is no, there's nothing wrong with you. You are, it's a physiological thing. Like I said before, it's yeah. just a normal bodily process. So actually listening to your body and being more upright and, you know, listening to what it needs and where it needs to go and listening to your instincts is actually much more beneficial and will help much more with that process of, yeah. of giving birth I love that I love that so much and I think it come back comes back down to this the, the thing that you said straight away you know in the in the episode which is like you becoming the kind of leader of your own body and that's actually one of the taglines of this podcast is become the CEO of your own body and your own life Amazing. and getting to know yourself getting to know your body and I suppose that's why understanding yeah. the science behind everything is so so important is because yeah if you know the way that your body works and if you know the how birth actually happens physiologically with no intervention then you're going to yeah. feel more empowered to listen to it yeah. and it, actually my mum had one of one of us <clears throat> can't remember which sister it was but one of us at home <laughs> and I asked Amazing. her about the experience and she said you know I was crawling around on the floor that's instinctively when totally. I totally yeah she was like instinctively when I was just listening to my body and tuning out all of the noise what yeah. I really wanted to do is kind of like crawl around and yeah. kind of and I, and I didn't get onto the sofa or get onto any surface until I was literally ready to go and yeah. so it's really interesting isn't it that we go into hospital and then we kind of lie in bed and it's like okay yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to get seen to now where it's like yeah. you know you get to be in control of the situation really so it's yeah it's just amazing to hear this completely different perspective it really really yeah. is it goes back to this idea of like understanding your own body understanding how to listen to your body putting yourself first and I think from you know I always look at everything through the lens of nutrition and health and I I see exactly the same thing you know if your body is experiencing certain symptoms and you know that it's off you know that something's not right doesn't yeah. matter what a doctor or someone else is telling you you have to trust yourself so yeah. I think that that totally. knowledge yeah and knowing the science behind it but then also being able to listen to yourself is just so so powerful so powerful yeah mm -hmm. yeah I mean you you know it's it's very um it's a very primal like thing like talking yeah. about your your mum like that's very it's primal it's you know yeah. we are animals at the end of the Magic. day <laughs> and you know people do people say that they they roar they make like roar noises or moo noises yeah. and they don't even realize they're doing it like they don't often realize that they're even doing it because it is just so internal and so primal and if you look at other animals like other mammals how they give birth if you put uh, I mean there's quite a funny um meme that kind of goes around every now and again of an elephant on its back giving birth like it's the most ridiculous thing you never you never see it because that's just so stupid yeah that's what we do yeah and you know if you if you apply it to other mammals who really we we are very similar to in how our body gives birth we require the same kind of basic things that all mammals require in order to give birth and if you think about how we we as humans are you know when we're giving birth it's so different to how yeah. other mammals are 
Um, so yeah, it's a very, very primal thing. And I think the other thing is that, you know, we listening to instincts and understanding, as you said, like the science behind it all really helps you be able to um, feel in control of what's happening and decision make better because Another thing about hypnobirthing is it's not anti-intervention. And I always like really need to stress this because sometimes I think that gets, um, yeah, I think that the kind of stigma is that, you know, we as hypnobirthing teachers believe that everyone, you know, should give birth in a certain way. Um, interventions, are they're there for a reason. You know, we have them, thank goodness. We have these options yeah. sometimes. And, you know, they are okay. They're okay as long as you understand why they're being suggested. So, you know, it's okay to accept an intervention in your birth. But the, the kind of what we try and teach in hypnobirthing is to fully understand why you're accepting it. So what is the benefit of this intervention? What potential risks am I also accepting? if I have this intervention, once you've got the full picture, you're fully informed, you can make a choice. And if that choice is, I, I still want that intervention, that's good. Like that is being fully empowered. You are in control. The difference between that and not understanding kind of the birth process, going into a hospital, being told, oh, we need to do this and just sort of going, okay, because you don't know any different. You don't know that you're able to say, no, I don't want that. There's such a difference in how that leaves people feeling to people that have made that choice themselves, knowing, you know, that they can say no to it if they don't want it. Um, so interventions are fine, you know, all, all of these things, pain relief, everything, whatever you want, like whatever you want for your birth it is fine. There's no right or wrong. As long as you are happy, that is the main thing. Yeah, totally. It's about empowering yourself with all of the options, you know, yeah. and giving yourself, you know, as much information about all of the options so that when you're in that situation, you can just, you you can choose what feels right for you. And I think this yeah. kind of mimics some of the stuff that I do with clients around hormones um, and hormonal birth control, for example, is a, is, a re- is a really great example because it obviously comes with its downsides and I'm not necessarily yeah. anti-pill or anti, you know, any of those things, but what I am is yeah. pro- like information so go and ask yeah. how is this going to impact me and then make a decision yeah. based off of what you think I think the problem lies in the fact that nobody really knows when they're going yeah. into a decision what the repercussions are and then they kind of have to live with that after the fact which is yeah. not helpful right so just understanding no. it comes back to being empowered knowing your own body knowing your yeah. choices really educating yourself and I don't know what it is and you know I was having this conversation not too long back with them um, uh, someone who's an endometriosis advocate actually and we were talking about the fact that women weren't actually involved in scientific studies until like the late 90s no. and so it's really interesting that all of these kind of things have come up now where it's like oh actually this not, might not be very good for women or, or <laughs> and it's like wow we've been living the, with this for so many years and I think it's yeah. really about time that as women we started advocating for our rights in the medical space when it comes to medications when it comes to health when it comes to nutrition and hormones and all the things it's very difficult isn't it because you've got to balance having very positive birth stories but also kind of raising awareness around the fact that the situation isn't great at the moment and it's it must be really difficult for you to do both of those things at once right because giving birth can be really positive and it should be really positive positive experience but at the same time there's also that raising awareness that you know, you've got to be informed yeah. because there are repercussions. How do you manage that? That must be so difficult. <laughs> yeah, it, it is quite tricky sometimes because I, of course, like I want my, you know, my social pages and my my podcast to be this like really safe 
positive space for people where they can come and they can get you know loads of nice positivity from um so of course you know positive birth stories and lots of positivity are really really important for that but I also feel like a sense of responsibility in that I do have to sometimes you know educate people or give people you know different ways of looking at things that maybe they haven't and I do get into not trouble I wouldn't say trouble but I do get the odd pushback particularly mm. on my Instagram page um from people who don't particularly like maybe what I'm saying um and I think you know I'm very aware that birth is very triggering it's a very triggering subject and if somebody's had a you know a less than positive birth experience and then they see me you know harping on about something on my page I can see why they might feel really triggered by it but I'm trying like my 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 main goal is to just help people mm. and you know so it's all yeah I suppose it's all part of it and the more kind of people you have that follow you and that find you the more you're going to have people that maybe don't completely understand what you're trying to do so it is a bit of a balance I, I'm, you know I need to be realistic with people in that this is how the birth system works and it is far from perfect but the best thing you can do is be aware of how it works like if you yeah. if you approach it by burying your head in the sand like I guarantee you just won't it won't be the outcome that you want because and I liken it to like a wedding you know if you went into your wedding just saying oh I reckon it'll be all right it'll go it'll go all right people don't do that because people want it to go how they want it to go they want yeah. it to go well so people plan people you know learn about things people you know plan things and make sure things are going to go how they like and it's the same with birth like you really the best thing you can do for yourself when it comes to childbirth is to just educate yourself as much as possible even though some of that stuff is maybe a bit scary and it might initially make you feel worse before it makes you feel better <laughs> yeah but the the long run of that is that you go into it feeling fully equipped and then it's much more likely to go the way you want it to go because you are then in control you're not going to be surprised for anything that's happening you're not going to feel like just another kind of part of the conveyor belt that goes through the maternity system you're going to be taking control of, of your birth and birth is a massive event in your life like it really does change you as a person so you know recognizing the importance of it and you know people go out and they spend thousands of pounds on travel systems for their baby on you know cots and all those things I completely appreciate they are like you know you want to do those things I, I completely understand it but they but often like birth prep gets overlooked as oh you know yeah it'll be all right but it's so important because it really can affect how you then feel in those months and weeks and even years after you've had your baby so investing in in birth prep in educating yourself is like number one I think when you're going to have a baby like that has to be number one because that is you know it's your body it's your baby it's just so important to feel you know like you are in control of what is happening Mm, totally that's such an interesting thought as well I'd never even thought about it like that that people will literally plan for that. I mean I went wedding dress shopping last week and they told me that I was crazy because I am going I'm getting married in September and I haven't oh. got a, I hadn't got a dress until this week and they were like 
what where have you been you need to be doing this 12 to 14 months before oh, yeah. and, like, <laughs> and I was like what that's ridiculous I don't need to be doing that um luckily I found one at such oh, good. short notice quote unquote which <laughs> I thought I was like I've got loads of time it's until September but really but the fact that people put so much emphasis and energy into things like their weddings and I always see that yeah with with health as well where people are quite happy to invest in uh, very short-term kind of fixes and things like that whereas when it comes to long-term sustainable like might like the mindset work understanding the science behind your body so that you can really it's it's not necessarily in in the moment but it's it's learning your your body it's learning to understand your body that is really a skill that you'll have for years and years to come for me it's just a no-brainer it's priceless so yeah that's that's really an interesting thought isn't it like how much of how much you're investing in right now is long-term versus what's short-term you know but I think again it's the same probably with what you're saying like about with your health sometimes it does like it needs to kind of you need to sometimes hear the harsh reality of stuff (laughs) first and it's not always like nice you know you might not want to learn that actually like this is not the best thing for you to be doing yeah yeah it will benefit you in the long run. And, and I guess that's where the hard work is. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's hard work. It's And I had somebody once that came and shared her birth story with me. And she said that she approached birth like it was like an exam. She read everything. Like she just educated herself so much and approached it like she was going to be like tested on it. Wow. So that she knew so much about it. And I thought, you know what, that is such a good approach. Like it is important. It's yeah. important because it is a life, a huge life event. Mm. So feeling like, you know, you are happy and that you, you know, you feel like you haven't, a lot of people say that they feel like birth happened to them yeah. rather than, you know, they gave birth, it happened to them, which is a horrible feeling to feel yeah. that, you know, someone has just told you what to do and, you know, inter- intervened when maybe you didn't really want or need it. Mm. So, you know, really putting it there as a, a priority when you're pregnant is I would say yeah like top I mean I would say that I do really stand behind that I think that is it's really important yeah totally and I completely as, as someone who's not a mum yet it's I, I totally see the importance of it because I just you know I, I totally agree with the fact that you just need to, you just need to understand your own body you need to get get where you are um and you yeah. need to get the process so that you can move through it kind of like a, a driving test situation or an exam like you say it's like yeah. you go through the motions with the practicing and getting your head in the right place and you know all the things so I totally I totally agree and <laughs> um so moving on into like positive birth stories because I think this is another yeah. thing is that way back when centuries and centuries ago when we lived in tribes and we were hunter gatherers I can imagine that the women in the tribes would kind of pass down wisdom right they'd pass down wisdom of this is how you would do this and girls you know women used to hang out in tribes right and support each other with birth and there there have actually been studies which is really interesting and you probably know more about this than I do that when there are other women in the room birth feels less painful because you feel supported and I just found it so so interesting and so we kind of had this culture where we would pass down really positive kind of support and advice to each other and I feel like that's kind of been diluted with obviously the current media and films and negative stories that seem to be kind of viral on TikTok and all the things so why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you think it's so important for us to have really positive birth stories why is it so so important for us to fill our heads with really positive stories about birth and knowing your body 
So you're completely right as well with what you were saying. We, we used to, and actually still in some some cultures, it, it is that way. But yeah, we used to, you know, grow up witnessing females around us giving birth, whether it was our mum, our sister, our aunt, you know, it's very normal kind of part of life to witness birth from quite a young age. And that in itself made it just a normal part of life, right? Like, you know, if you grow up witnessing it, it and seeing that it's not scary, you know, it's just normal. Um, and you you probably have a much, um, much kind of more positive view anyway on it. We now, as I said before, like our, our for most people, our first experience of childbirth is when we are giving birth ourselves, unless, of course, we work in a profession where, you know, we were around it, like a midwife or something. But for the majority of people, our, that's our first experience. So we haven't seen it. So all we can rely on is television and what people tell us about birth and what we read in the media. That's our only real uh, kind of guideline on what birth is like. And of course, the media, I mean, I'll start with the media they you know they, they need they need entertainment they, they, they need they need good <laughs> stories we all know you know we all know how it works but you you see these programs and like sitcoms on television and I always use friends as an example because a lot of people have seen friends but there's a few births throughout uh, the series of friends that are not outwardly like negative nothing bad happens but they still do portray birth in a negative way in you know in which the woman's on the bed screaming the that you know the the dad is looking like an idiot you know not knowing what to do <laughs> saying the wrong thing um you know she's swearing never come near me again you know gripping his hand it's all the same kind of thing that we see uh, because that's entertaining right um and then we have you know, films that, that portray it in the same sort of way. We then have documentaries like One Born Every Minute, um, which I don't actually know whether they make it anymore, but I think it is still on TV. I think there are still reruns of it. But that is a documentary, right? So you would watch that thinking, this, this is real life. This is real birth because it's a documentary. I used to watch it like years and years ago. I used to find it fascinating. But actually... Funnily enough, when it was on TV, it was actually listed under drama and entertainment, entertainment, not documentary. So you'd think in the listing, so it'd be listed under documentary. Nope, drama and entertainment. Because it's there purely wow. for entertainment purposes. So of course, they're only going to show the births where something happens or they're a little bit more entertaining. And I always say, like, as beautiful and as lovely as, you know, a lovely candlelit home birth is, it's, it's boring, like in the best way possible, that is not going to fill up an hour's worth of TV every week. Like no one's going to tune in to watch that. We don't want to see that. We want to see the horrible bits because that's just kind of how, how we are, right? Mm. So that's where a lot of it comes from as well. So many people watch programs like that, that thinking that it's real life, so it's going to educate us on how birth looks, but it doesn't look like that. That actually is not how normal birth looks like the, the the kind of majority of births don't look like that um so it's kind of undoing the positive birth stories and showing positive birth videos it has a lot of work to do because it has to undo all of that that we already have and the subconscious part of my our brain and I don't want to like I won't go into too much detail because again, like it, it's not woo-woo at all, but I don't want it to come across as being like at all. <laughs> we're woo-woo you know. on here, by the way. So we're you're good. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> we love the woo. So, okay, good. That's good. 
So the subconscious part of your brain, it, it basically, it absorbs every single message that you ever receive in life. It's like a big hard drive. So from when we're little to our first conversation about birth, which might be with our own mothers. Like I remember my mum when I was probably still fairly young, you know, talk, they're just telling me, like not trying to scare me, but just saying, oh, like childbirth, or, like, you know, just one of those yeah. conversations where how awful it is. So you kind of hear that. And then, you know, you, you go through your, your teens, maybe you watch One Born Every Minute, maybe you watch Friends and, you know, these other sitcoms. And then maybe some of your friends start giving birth and they tell you their horrible birth stories. You then have celebrities who sell their birth stories to magazines and they are always traumatic. Um, so you have all of this and this is your kind of your your reference point and if you're not thinking about having a baby you kind of think it doesn't really make any difference but it does because all of that information is being stored in your subconscious and over time that forms your belief that's just what happens like our, our beliefs are formed within the subconscious part of our mind so we then just start to believe that that's what birth is you know we we have been told it so many times in so many different messages from so many different people that that must be what birth is like. So the positive birth stories and the positive birth videos and the positive language that we try to use in hypnobirthing around birth, what that's trying to do is it's actually trying to just nudge the negative stuff out of our subconscious. Mm -hmm. So if you use it enough, if you, if you can change some of your language around birth and a, a big one that I often change is the word pain. And this actually is what I put on my socials the other day that got a bit of an, an uproar from some people about me not liking to use the word pain. It's not because birth isn't painful or shouldn't be painful. Certainly some people find it painful. It, can be painful like that's all okay mm. it, that's okay but I just prefer not to use it because I don't think it's a very helpful word to associate with childbirth if you keep talking around about pain around childbirth then we're going to expect that so talking about it in terms of a sensation or a discomfort is still the same thing but it's just a bit nicer yeah. so changing language you know I've got lots and lots of, of lovely women that come onto my podcast to share their positive birth stories because it's important that people have a chance to listen to the positive side of things rather than just the negative. And I think there's a bit of a thing, like when you've had a positive birth, I don't think people share it as much because you almost don't want, firstly, to make anyone feel bad that's had a negative experience. But also I think sometimes people just say things like, oh, you were lucky. Or, you know, there's a kind of, it gets sort of diminished a bit when actually you've put in a lot of work, you know, you've done all your practice. And you've gone on to have this really positive birth experience. So people don't share them as much. And people do share negative stories a lot. So I think, you know, the, the reason that they're so important is because we just need more of them. We're so, we've grown up hearing negative stories and seeing negative depictions. So it's just trying to undo some of that that's, yeah. that's in our subconscious. And, you know, on YouTube, if you, if you type in positive birth videos, there's loads of positive birth videos on there. Like stop watching things like that and consuming the positive stories because they are going to help you have then a different view of how birth can look rather than this, than this very negative view and that will just help you as you approach your birth as you perhaps visualize how you want your birth to be it will just help you see that birth can be lots of different ways and be positive 
Yeah, I love that so much. And I think I think that's so, so important. Like it's a no brainer hearing it from that perspective, isn't it? Like obviously yeah. you want to fill your head with all the positive stories and get to know, you know, really positive experiences so that you can go in with that headspace. It's really interesting because it, again, it mimics so much of what I do with clients where yeah. it's really about, you know, if you're saying to yourself, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never, I'm not going to be healthy. I'm going to fall off the wall. I'm going to feel like all these kind of negative belief systems that you're just kind of like repeating on on autopilot really because you don't consciously wake up in the morning and call yourself all the names under the sun but it just happens on autopilot when you've been around it for so long or maybe it's been passed down through family or if you're hanging out in a community that are inherently quite negative then naturally you're going to pick that up like what are you watching when you wake up in the morning for example that's a a good start if you're starting your day with Mm -hmm. the negative news and things like that then naturally you know you're going to be in a crappy headspace for the rest of the day so it's being really intentional about what's in your space being really intentional about and I think when we talk about boundaries it's not necessarily how we interact with other people but literally what's coming into your energy every single day because if you're in a place where you're allowing all of that in and sucking it up because we are like sponges aren't we we will really kind of like um, attach ourselves to any sort of external energy and if if that's the energy that you're around your your body is going to respond to that whether you like it or not unfortunately you yeah. can't kind of sit in a in a, in a yeah. pit of misery and then kind of expect yourself to <laughs> have a really positive happy life so of that and the fact that whatever you're kind of surrounding yourself with it becomes your autopilot which becomes the way that you act which becomes the way that you think about how you act so Totally. And when you're when you're pregnant as well, like if there's anyone listening that is pregnant, they would have I, I reckon experienced this. When you're pregnant, it seems to be like a, a an invitation for any kind of opinion or negativity. You know, people will tell you negative birth stories, even though you haven't asked for them. People will give you their opinion yeah. on how, how dangerous home birth is, even though they're completely uneducated on it. You just it's people. It's a bit of a free for all when you're pregnant. For some reason, I don't know why, because in other parts of our life, people don't kind of overstep that mark so much. Um, so you, you're, you're kind of getting it from lots of different angles. And like you said, it's like a boundary thing. You have to be really quite strict with yourself about what you allow in. So even so much as saying, can I stop you? I would love to hear your birth story, but please, can you tell me once my baby's here? Like trying to protect yourself as much as you can from any of this negativity that comes your way like not watching those programs on tv you know purposely stopping yourself if you know something like that's coming on um is you know a good way to yeah try and protect your space from that negativity because it's it's everywhere unfortunately yeah totally and you're so right about the opinions as well because even I've had it where it's like are you gonna have kids okay when you do like what's and and it's even when you're like it's it's I feel like when it's when you were a certain age as a female or yeah yeah married now so it's kind of like you know there's a a lot of opinions of like what what are you gonna do next how are you gonna do that (laughs) and it's a lot of yeah it's a lot of talk isn't there so I totally I totally get that that must be really difficult but and and you don't even have to do it in a really negative way right you can literally just say like really appreciate yeah that the way that you worded that was absolutely amazing that's a really that's a really positive way that you can advocate for yourself I think when you're in that when you're in that space of you know self-protection energy protection <laughs> which I think definitely. You definitely need so oh this has been such an amazing conversation I've absolutely loved picking your brains thank you so much um oh no I, it's been lovely yeah it's been so so nice I feel like I've learned so much again so thank you <laughs> um so I obviously obviously work in the the um fertility space and I work with a lot of women on their hormones so I can imagine that a lot of 
women who are listening to this today are probably really intrigued to find out a little bit more about you and your programs and how they could potentially work with you and learn a little bit more about hypnobirthing. So why don't you give us a little bit of information as to how people can contact you and where they can find you and all of your um, programs and courses and things. Perfect. Thank you. Um, okay. So the, the podcast is called the hypnobirthing podcast and it's on, you know, Apple, Spotify, all of the main all of the main hypnobirthing platforms all of the main um podcasting platforms so you can just search it and you can just type the hypnobirthing in it I think it comes up first because of the name of it um so that's on there and lo- loads of episodes like almost three years worth of episodes on there for wow. you to listen to um I'm also very active on my Instagram which is at the underscore nurture underscore nest <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a mouthful um and I'm on there, like I post most days, um, hopefully helpful, helpful content, helpful tips, um, birth stories, things like that on there as well. Um, and then I offer um, various different courses. So I do online courses, which are open to anyone, no matter where they are in the world. That is the beauty of Zoom. I teach um, many couples from all over the world, which is a total privilege. Um, so I do monthly online courses over uh, on Zoom. I also do um, one-to-ones occasionally on Zoom as well. Um, we were talking before, but I am planning on doing some more local classes um, for anyone that's kind of Essex-based. I'm based in Essex. And I also have a pre-recorded essentials course. So it's kind of like a, a digital course, pre-recorded, three hours of content. Um, my normal courses are around kind of eight hours. So it's a, a more condensed version, but you can kind of watch it in your own time. You can watch it as many times as you like. And it's really good for those people who perhaps have less time. Maybe they don't discover hypnobirthing until late on into their pregnancy. Um, perhaps they're on more of a budget or perhaps they just haven't got the time to do a, a you know, a full length course. Um, so that's there as well as an option. Um, I'm also on Facebook, but I'm not as active. So if, if you're on um, Instagram, I would, um, I'd probably head that way rather than yeah. Facebook. Um, and that, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And obviously I'll put all of these in the show notes as well so that people can Thank you. find you and access you and things like that. But honestly, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much Lovely. for your time. I've really, really enjoyed this. Thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you.